And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Benched with Bubba, episode 633, continuing our team-by-team previews of the 2024 fantasy baseball season. We're in the AL West, and we're talking Los Angeles, Angels of Anaheim, team with a new coach, a new, a lot of things. Shohei's out of town, Trout's healthy technically for now. A lot of questions to talk about in order to talk about everything involving the Angels for 2024. Got a friend of mine coming back on the show. He helped us preview the Angels last year. People know him as the surly lots of things on Twitter, depending on what Vlad wants to call him that day. But you can find him on Twitter at StudsterKelfan. I think I got that right. He did. He Mr. Did. Daniel Preppis. Daniel, how are we doing, my friend? Hey, thanks, Bubba. I'm uh, I'm stoked to, that you invited me back. Like I said, you uh, you, you made my New Year's uh, when you reached out again. So I've been looking forward to it. And uh, hopefully I don't drone on too much. Uh, so just cut me off if I start getting carried away. It's all good. Like I've told some people, like I've done the White Sox preview that I told Mike Carter, like just treat this as a, another form of therapy, or just like let let it all out. We're all here to just be like, I just did the a- I did the A's yesterday. So like really, like this is yeah. we have a little more optimism than the A's. Let's put it that way. So yeah. we'll, we'll have some fun with that. But um, before we get into twenty twenty four, I do want to ask, all things considered, in twenty twenty three, obviously no playoffs again. Shohei's gone. Trout got hurt again. Other guys disappointed. Some guys did better than you thought. What was your overall takeaway from 2023 before we get into 2024? It was kind of a fitting, uh, call it conclusion. I hope conclusion, right? Because starting anew to probably one of the most um, pathetic, uh, disappointing um, stretches of any team relative to expectations, I think, in baseball history. I mean, we're talking, what, 13 of the past 14 years that they haven't made the playoffs. I mean, everybody last year, it was kind of like we were finally excited, right? There was finally things to get pumped about. Um, and it it basically was the worst year of any of it, not just because of the high expectations, but just across the board. Um, from Rendon um, being the most worthless he had been since he signed the contract, which is saying something, yep. um, to basically fighting A's fans, not talking to the media, um, to the news coming out about Artie, which wasn't a surprise, but that he just wouldn't even pay for the guys from the World Series team to come back, uh, you know, for the, Ridiculous. you know, I mean, it's just, it's it's almost hard to believe. Um right uh to everything to i mean we'll get into the coaching changes which that's kind of the one thing to dream on um but it was just um it was the worst of the worst i mean there's really no other way to put it other than it was a a fitting end to one of the saddest chapters um uh, disappointing chapters in history if for no other reason than we had probably the greatest baseball player in history Mm -hmm. in his prime right uh, the pitching season was phenomenal um and just just terrible across the board everything was worse uh the pitchers were the worst they'd ever been uh, the bullpen was the worst they'd ever been the coaching was terrible the hitting was terrible the moves that we made didn't make sense constantly losing run run games it, it, you, you could really go on and on and on and that was after what six or seven years of trying to get excited. We finally lost Pujols, right? We were supposed to be free of it. So it, it was just so bad. And I think the theme or the attitude kind of starting anew is 
things just can't get any worse. Um, uh, and really, that's the, the right way to do it, which is it's not a full rebuild. Um, but under the circumstances, it's probably the best we can hope for. And there's no expectations. So that's what we have going for us. The no expectations could be good. So we'll definitely uh, talk about that. But let's talk about 2024. Like you mentioned, there's some storylines throughout the offseason that we can kind of lead into this. And um, you, you mentioned some of the outline, the TV deals. I know there was a big deal that took place on Wednesday where a lot of teams like this Amazon Prime deal with Bollies and all this stuff. And they're coming out saying that the, just the TV deals in general for baseball, every team gets at least $60 million, which really makes you think about teams that don't spend money right. and so on and so forth. But what what are you seeing with this? You know, there was more than just a Bollies deal. There is there is authorities involved in the saga of the TV deal. Yeah, I, as far as the TV deal, I think the best way to put it is this isn't going to affect the Angels until 2025. So we don't even need to get into the weeds other than to say that it's really just kind of noise at this point. It matters, right? It matters, Amazon streaming and all that. But it's not going to affect the Angels um, in the sense that some of the people were hoping that, you know, maybe this was the holdup uh, for some Angels making some signing, signings. Uh, you know, we signed Zach Lisak, who, if I remember correctly, is was the king douchebag in 2020, uh, oh. if I'm not mistaken. So that's really on brand for us. So I, I do um, I do appreciate that. Um, but I just think it's wishful thinking to think that now that that's happened, there'll be some kind of cavalcade of signings. It, there's teams in worse situations than the Angels that will affect them this year. I think the Rangers, the Indians, and Twins. Um, I think those three teams um, are really going to be affected um, as far as what happens um, in the deal. So it's it's really unclear. But for the Angels, it's, it's kind of a nothing burger, um, uh, to put it mildly. Uh, so it's not going to affect anything. It's really what Artie wants to do. Um, and I think as what we've seen from beginning in 2012 uh, with the deal that was signed with Fox Sports West then uh, with Pujols is he builds around players. That's the only thing he knows how to do, which is let me sign a huge player. Let me market them. It works, right? It works. Um, he doesn't build teams. He builds around players, um, which is one of 750 million reasons that he's the worst owner in sports, you know, maybe second to Dan Snyder, um, which doesn't say much, uh, maybe worse in a lot of ways. Um, but so kind of, uh, to that end, that's basically really the kind of guy he is. So I just don't see him making any splash signings because there's nobody there that he wants to build around. Um, doesn't like spending money unless he sees a reason to do it. Um, certainly not for a baseball reason. That's why they've had so many G GMs. Uh, so I just think uh, for Angel fans to to think we're going to get Snell, to think we're going to get Montgomery, it's not going to happen. I, I actually don't mind that they don't sign pitching because I actually think that's the one bright spot. Um, maybe there'll be some little signings here or there. Maybe they want to wait to see how the market goes. Uh, my, my kind of uh, delusions of uh, my one hope is that we sign Reese Hoskins. Um, I think that just makes a ton of sense for us. Uh, he's originally from California, Northern yeah. California. Um, you know, California's a big state. I don't know yeah. if that works uh, for a narrative, but I, I, I don't know. I'm not expecting them to sign anything because um, it really is, like I said, the great thing is other than, um, I want to say, Rendon and Drury, the whole team is kind of homegrown. 
um, with the exception of Moniac and um, Ohapi, which, you know, still miners guys, right? We traded them Syndergaard uh, to get it. So um, I don't mind that they don't sign anybody. I don't think they're going to sign anybody. Um, but that's kind of the state of the free agent market. Um, the To your point about the storylines with uh, Artie, um, I, I think he just put the team up for sale last summer because he was just like, why not? Maybe somebody will overpay. But he doesn't care. He's in no rush to sell the team. He's waiting for somebody to give him an offer that blows him away because he's still kind of – nobody knows what's going to happen with uh, the stadium deal. Um, I don't know if you remember when we talked about last yep. year that there was the FBI probe uh, with the guy, and, and at the time he had never been arrested or charged, um, right, because there were rumors that maybe there were backhand deals, that he was leaking information to the Angels. He ended up pleading guilty um, oh, at the end of the year, and it's – absolutely wild what a douchebag this guy is it's it's actually comical if you go to the uh i think it's a doj uh release it's crazy some of the stuff he pled to number one at first he told the fbi that he wasn't expecting any money in return for basically colluding with the angels Uh, he admitted that he lied that he was expecting about a million dollars of campaign contributions angels denied everything so Make whatever conclusions you want there. Um, But the funniest thing, um, like I said, I don't want to go too thing, is it also came out, um, among other types of fraud, defrauding uh, taxpayers, that they they were doing mock city council meetings before the actual meetings to basically (laughs) practice, including trying to get from Angel's PR team some zingers. Literally use that word, zingers to talk about in the meeting. Um, he, he said that they leaked, he leaked uh, the appraisal range uh, for the land. I mean, just absolutely wild stuff. Um, it's hard to believe that the angels don't have dirty hands, but you know, it is what it is. He pled guilty. I, I don't think he's been sentenced, but it, it certainly sounds like he's going to go away for a long time. Um, it's kind of a black box. What's going on with the, uh, the current um, situation, city council and the mayor. Um, it's just unclear, but I think the takeaway is he's a terrible baseball manager. Everybody hates him. Um, he does what he wants. Uh, it's never a good move, and there's no reason to believe he's going to sell the team anytime soon. So wow. we just hope for the best within the hand that we're dealt, um, and that's where those low expectations come in, which we can get to. See, Oakland A's fans, it could be worse, I guess, maybe. I think so. Yeah, I because that sounds a lot worse than the the garbage in Oakland. I'll say that much. <laughs> I mean, I, I'd rather have a passive owner that doesn't want to do anything yep. than this guy that basically when he does stuff, it's awful. And when yep. he decides to not do stuff, it's the awful time to not do stuff. So yeah. he, he's horrible, horrible. Well, he did do something this offseason. They signed Ron Washington to be the new uh, the new coach, head coach, right. which – We've seen good things out of Ron, especially when he's like just a bench coach, great defensive mind, teaches kids great things. He had a good run in Texas as the manager. Um, so this could be a good thing. He's old, obviously, very old. But um, maybe this is a thing. Do you think this is potential a plus in the right direction for the Angels? Certainly. Um, I think that's the thing to believe on. You know, we use the word narratives, right? Like it's just narratives. But um, <laughs> there, there's a lot of reasons to believe that it's, you know, it's not just correlated that it might've caused the problems as, as an example. Uh, you take the pitching staff, we can get into the new pitching. Sc- yep. Go uh, for it. Every pitcher, starting pitcher 
regressed across the board, surface stats, um, underlying numbers, the bullpen was terrible as usual. Everybody was terrible. And um, you, you have to blame the coaching. I mean, Nevin was an awful manager. Um, Trout, you know, if you remember back in 2022, uh, he was furious about the fact that he caught them tipping pitches. Yep. He had to tell Nevin about it. Um, so it, it's pretty much proven now that Nevin was a, was a shit manager, right? He didn't have a lot of experience or success, whereas we know Ron Washington has had success at the managerial level. He's got the respect of a lot of coaches. You like his attitude. He's a proven teacher, right? That's the one thing that's not a narrative. He's a good teacher yep. um, and teacher of the things that are important. That's, that's what a manager is, right? A manager is the guy that that's, you know, sets the tone. Mm -hmm. um, he's proven, right? We're not just dreaming on things. Yep. Um, and the team that he's built, there's a lot of good about it. So um, the pitching coach, as an example, uh, Barry Enright, uh, former angel pitcher, uh, failed at the end of his career, but he talks a lot about that in a positive way. You know, failure is some of the best things that you can hope for if you can move through it, um, as you know. Mm -hmm. And he was the assistant pitching coach under Brett Strong. Can't ask for a better guy to learn from. Um, so this is his first shot. Um, as an example of comparison, Matt Wise was a bullpen coach, right? Didn't really learn under anybody good. Was clearly a terrible, terrible pitching coach. From the, from the tipping of the pitches to it came out, Logo, Logan Ohapi said, I couldn't believe it that our pitches were on a script. I mean, you can't think of the – how fucking stupid is that? Like That's horrible. It's all about it. That's single A. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, not a, like, you know, I mean, if you remember uh, with Reed Detmers last year, it was he had problems, you know, figuring out his slider and he went down to the minors and he fixed it. Mm -hmm. There's a takeaway about that. Yeah. The pitching coach couldn't fix it. Yeah. The minors pitching coaches had to fix it. It's a great you point. Know? And that's what I'm saying. It's not just correlation. It's not just a narrative. I think it's proven when you have the pitchers coming out and saying, that he was terrible. Um, you had Sandoval as an example. Yeah. I mean, look at Sandoval's numbers. They were atrocious. He regressed across the board, right? Anderson went back to being an even worse version of Colorado Rockies Anderson, which is really is impressive. And yeah. for all the credit we give the Dodgers of fixing people, what was different from Tyler Anderson? He was with the Dodgers. Obviously, they have good coaching like the mm -hmm. Rays do. And he went to the Angels. So what changed? Not him, the yep. coaching staff. So that's why you can get excited. Um, listening to Enright, there's a great uh, Q&A on The Athletic where he talks about the things that he's working with, um, the way he's looking at the pitchers. Because obviously the, the big theme is they just couldn't get through the second, um, second turn of the lineup, not even the third turn. Innings was a huge deal with the starters. Um, and it was just such a train wreck. And with the sole exception of Griffin Canning, which was a wonderful surprise, yeah. the skills, it can only get better. Um, the other coaches that came on, um, Bo Porter, this is kind of an interesting one. Um, I don't know if you remember him, but he coached the Astros for a yeah, He's got of a history. Yeah, he's been yeah, he's from Houston. Yep. Um, I, I'm kind of laughing because the one thing he was talking about when he was hired, he was on MLB Network back in November, about how he's known Anthony Rendon since he was 13. Right. Oh, that, 
That is narrative bullshit. And I'll tell you why that's narrative bullshit, right? He's saying, well, you know, I think I can get through to Anthony. That's not a 22-year-old, like, prospect. He's he's what? He's 35. Yeah, I think Rendon's who he is right about now. There ain't a lot of people coming in that's going to fix I was going to say, Rendon is a prick. You know, you don't – I'm not – there's video of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? la- last year, there was a lot of evidence between the fighting with fans to his interviews and just being a complete asshole. Yeah. Like, it was just unbelievable. Oh, I was frustrated. My injuries hurt. You know, give me a break, man. That's that's called life. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not saying that people that don't have money go through pain, but, like, you're still making excuses. Um, and he still approached it like he was entitled to – not have to answer for anything so nobody could feel his pain. I mean, he didn't say that, but that's kind of the the gist you got. And it's kind of like no excuses, you know, good luck, Porter. But if Anthony's going to change, it's going to be because of him, you know, if he wants to improve. And I hope he does, right? Um, awesome you, want to, you want to talk about it, about an ADP that's kind of, yeah. uh, you know, we got excited about it being in the 220. It's like 500 now, man. Yeah, everyone's like. Up. I was gonna say when you're when you're if you're in a DC or or a, any kind of drafting hole and you're like, great, I'm screwed. There's no more third baseman. He's there. <laughs> I mean, so if, if that doesn't if that does if that's not emblematic of uh, the low expectations of the Angels, I don't know what is. Anthony Rendon at 580p, right? Um, that you have to imagine. You know, that's not bad. No, <laughs> you know? Not at all. It, it, it's got the uh, the character uh, bias on that one. I think. Character injury, just all kinds of factors with with the through with totally. Rendon, which is totally. uh, again, he's not he's he's old for baseball terms, but he's not that old technically. So he'll be a fun discussion point here. But on the bright side, like I'd I'd say is the the coaching staff with Washington and Washington bringing guys in is already a dramatic change for the just the culture sure. of the Angels, which is going to be interesting to see how that you know goes with the rest of the team obviously and that'll kind of lead us into the players here it's like we'll start with trout and he's always been a great leader no one can deny that i would say maybe not as much maybe not as vocal as you'd hope for from from a leader but he's he's there people know if mike trout's doing he's more of a lead by example than not he's kind of getting guy, more vocal though he's talking which is good which is what he needs to do because he's yeah. hurt half the season every year so he needs to be vocal because he can't be on the field to lead by example so the fun part, I guess, for this is when we're talking 2024 now, you know, in years past, it's like, well, do I want a second round trout? Do I want to gamble on a second round trout? The dude's going to be 31 this year. And he's got an ADP of 77 now. And I know the injuries. We can't deny it. Like he played 82 games, 119, 36, 53, double, blah, 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 blah. Is a 77 ADP entice you for a guy like Trout, who I know it's the old cliche, though, when healthy was still one of the best hitters in baseball. Bubba, you know that that was a rhetorical question. (laughs) Not an Angels homer, but a Trout homer. I mean, I like to think that every one of the teams that I've done that's lost in the last few years is because I had to take Trout. Um, Vlad was teasing me. I think I I showed you I did an OC where I just threw caution to the wind because I wasn't even ready to do it. And Trout was there at 69. And I'm like, you know – not only is that all kinds of nice, but that's a stupid price. Um, it really is a stupid price because even when he was injury prone, it still only dropped to what, late second, early yep. third? 
Um, and now you're talking about him when there's that cliff of outfielders after what Chisholm and Nolan Jones. Yep. Um, and with exception to maybe Brian Reynolds, who's uh, definitely a steal and a good value. It, it's a no brainer move. It's a no brainer move, uh, even for a homer like me. So obviously I had to take him. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think at this point, if unless you've got a reason why from a build perspective, you don't take them, it, it makes remove the injury bias. Because if you're talking about the sixth round of a 12 team league, mm-hmm. I mean, come on, you're never going to get somebody with that type of upside from a power perspective there. And especially in like the OCs are going for the overall. Um, it's the old conversation we used to have like with Buxton's of the world and stuff where, yeah, we know there's issues involved there, but if they do play 140 plus games, the ceiling they bring to the table is you're not you're not going to find anywhere near that, that ADP ever. That's yeah. a great frame of reference. You remember when Buxton was when the hype really got big because um, yep. he had done that big second half, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, I, I can't remember it was a couple years ago um, where he was doing well in spring training. He moved up to the second round, yep. and that was knowing how injury prone he has. Trout's at least shown the skills of being one of the best players in baseball history. Well, and something you just said there, like how shocked would we be if Trout shows up to to spring training first week or so, starts just hitting home runs every couple of days, just like looks like Trout of old. Yeah. How how high do you do the ADP climbs? Because like, it's going well, to. It I will. mean, is it isn't that like the chaos theory or or kind of a, the, of course, kind of this is how it happens. It's when you finally, finally, finally give up on somebody when it oh, doesn't yeah. make sense. That's when it blows up, and people are finally like. Never again, never again, hence the price. Um, yep. It's not going to happen. And so logic would tell you that this will be the time that every, it happens because everybody's out on it now. So yep, 100%. I, I, I'm, I'm still finding, uh, you know, uh, slivers of optimism. Uh, Trout will do that for you. So Yes, he's very, very good at that. Uh, let's talk Brandon Drury uh, coming in right now over the last 15 drafts or so with an ADP of 233, which I love that price tag for a guy with first base, second base eligibility. Back-to-back 26-plus home run seasons. Should continue to play pretty much regularly for the Angels. What's your thoughts on Drury heading into 2024? Well, that's a, it's a funny thing about price, to your point of why it's so good. Take last year, right? He was moving from Cincy to the Angels. Ballpark change, right? Uh, and if you remember, I almost want to say that the price is virtually the same as yep. last year. I mean, I, I don't know for sure, but that's kind of um, – kind of off the cuff, that's what it feels like. And he's proven that those skill changes were real, right? He's proven that they were real. His numbers got better against righties. He was the Angels' most consistent hitter. He lost third base eligibility. eligibility. Um, But I don't think the market, um, I don't know what it is, what kind of anchor bias, but probably about Angels' bias and whatnot, but he was sneaky good. Um, he got better than last year, so it proved that it was a real change. Um, and he was hurt. He still missed some times. So he's a legit 30 home run bat. Um, yeah, I, I probably would say of all the players on the team, he's probably the best uh, best pick across the board, without yeah. question, from both yeah, a an upside standpoint. Yeah, I find myself gravitating to him quite a bit in D.C.'s right now. Like, he's a guy I love to target um, – if for some reason you missed on second base, he's a great asset there. If you already have second base, you want a middle infield corner infield, just that flexibility he brings. 
I love the upside of a Brandon Drury. And you hit on something there that I think we're going to notice from a lot of these players. Um, the Angels to fantasy players are not a good team right now. So we see that with a lot of these teams that they have fantasy relevant players, but you get that ADP discount with a lot of them just because of the team they're on. Which right. It's 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 everybody have. it's the everybody loves to shit on the Angels and it's deserved bias yep. discount. Yep. What got lost in the shuffle, which clearly the early market prices evidence of, is what he did. There's yep. no other explanation other than anti-angels bias. Um they were a disaster. I mean, he had hot streaks. He was great. Yeah, I mean, I, we've talked about it, but I think if you want a perfect example of how the market of, you know, Vlad talks about it, how this is the time that, that you take advantage of the market because um, it, it it really, there are so many mispricings in the market um, and inefficiencies. You've got a guy like Julian, who I love, by the way. I really like the skills. Going 30 picks earlier, right? Yeah. Somewhat of a similar profile. There's a big difference. One's a platoon player mm-hmm. and one isn't. Yep. Right? One has downside from a K perspective. One doesn't. One has a higher floor and a proven track record. The other doesn't. One has two different types of eligibility, second and first, and first can get scary shallow. Yep. And he's going on average 20 to 30 picks later. later. Yep. So, I mean, I think we made our point, but yep. yeah, uh, he's the guy to jump on for sure. Yep. 100% with you on that one. So I'm looking forward to seeing where that changes as draft season goes. And that's why I keep, I, I told myself, I'm only going to do a few DCs or whatever. I just keep playing because there's just, it hasn't, the efficiencies haven't changed enough. You, you've got the bug, man. That, like yep. the fun alone, not only just doing them, but being able to take advantage of those misprices. Yep. It's just, you see all these little pockets. So it's pretty good. A player that I have lots of shares of and that I am tremendously high on this year. I know we were pretty optimistic on Mr. Logan O'Hoppy last season, and then the injury kind of screwed that up. But if people kind of take a step back and see how good he was before the injury, then kind of give him a little grace period when he got him back. Then when he got healthy again for the last month, how he finished, I think Logan O'Hoppy at an ADP of 161, at least in my opinion, is pretty, pretty nice. Yep. Um, I mean, he's, he's climbing, um, but I he think is, he is, yes. I think what's also getting lost in the shuffle of his ADP is he's in that grouping, right? That grouping of Naylor, Ohapi, um, Moreno, um, yeah, Ruiz, which, and they're all solid, mm-hmm. but none of them have his power potential. Yep. Not, not even close. Um, and I was surprised personally that the power showed up that quickly. So did I. Mean, I. It really, you know, power went nuts um, in AAA uh, with the Angels, uh, AA and AAA. You know, you, you always take those with a grain of salt, especially at Salt Lake. And it looks legit. Um, I mean, I think he legitimately, easier said than done at the catcher position. Um, homerism aside, there's no reason that he can't get to 30 home runs mm-hmm. um, with 500 ABs. And, you know, we're talking about Thais, who I love, but he's not taken more than 20%. No. Uh, they're going to ride or die with him. Um, and hopefully he's healthy. You know, maybe he, you know, got some of the learning experience out of the, out of the way. But, yeah, that's a, that's a great, great price. And I think you're right to scoop him up because maybe the price won't change all draft season. Um, but I, I don't think he's a 220, 230 hitter. 
I think it's very easy for him to hit 250. Very easy. Um, and there's an outside shot, granted he's not proven, um, that he's going to out-earn Cal Raleigh. I was just about to say, he's 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 Cal Raleigh like, like, like 60 picks later or something. I don't know if it's that much of it. Um, I think it might be only 20 picks. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's probably so, shrinking. I can check. What'd you say? Yeah. I think it's sleeping, uh, you know, because you know that Raleigh's going to get. Um, yeah, but it's, only, it's only like 20 picks, 22 picks, yeah. Yeah, no, but I mean, your point's well taken that, um, you know, Raleigh's going to get the ABs. He's proven it over a full season, which is no small thing for a catcher, right? That's a skill. Um, but he's also in a worse ballpark. Um, and the power numbers are not that different. And I think Otapi's got a higher, a higher ceiling. Yep, 100% um, so with I think, you. I think you're right. I, I, I wish I had more, um, but he's probably – I don't think it makes sense to take uh, Moreno over him. Uh, no, I think I'm – I'm trying to do everything come draft day to walk away with a Naylor O'Hoppy double tap. That's like Love my it. dream scenario. Love if it. it can work out, that's I've done it a couple times and I, I'm just like grinning when I hit the second one. It's just like, this is beautiful. So uh, that's what I'm shooting for. These young guns are, are pretty sweet. Now I'll be honest. This name was the name I'm looking forward to your opinion for the most, because I am extremely high on this person and I've gotten a lot of kickback. I get it. But Luis Rangifo, I'll give my case. Tell me right or wrong. I know you'll be honest. The dude's going to lead off. The dude's got amazing eligibility, like flexibility in your in your lineup. The dude's got 20-plus home run power with 10-plus stolen base upside. And right now, he has an ADP of around 257. So tell me if I'm foolish, but I love Luis Rangifo in drafts right now. Like I'm really probably too high on him. Uh, you're not. Um, and I say that as somebody who's missed out, I – I got to figure out what the bias is, but he's he's proven he can barrel the ball. We know he can crush lefties. Um, he's a complete player now. It's it's not too dissimilar to kind of the Drury pricing in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. Renhifa last year I think was like two eighty three hundred, and you said what's here this year two fifty two seventy two fifty seven right now. Yeah, I mean it's kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Only to your point, we weren't clear what he was going to play last year, right? Remember we talked about him being a utility player. I mean, still kind of a crap shortstop, but they have Neto now. Yep. Um, I hope that Drury plays first, uh, Renifo plays second. Renifo's going to play every day this time. Uh, they'll find a way to get him in. The, he's going to lead off. Um, and, I, and I think you're right. I think with second base being what it is, kind of once you, once you hit what kind of uh, Jimenez uh, and Stott, it kind of gets a little weird. Um, I, I would rather have him than Gorman. Um, 100%. I, I think, yeah, I mean, I'm talking myself into it. because So I'm, I'm not going to argue with you. It, it, it's it's kind of in the same vein as, as Drury. He's, he's proven the skills now. He's proven that he can hit the ball hard. Um, yep. he's, he's proven that he, you know, he, the home run to fly ball is legit now. He doesn't need to – he is what he is, and he's a he's 21 home run hitter with easy – with full-time ABs yep. um, and, you know, another one of those narratives. But uh, Bo Porter is the first base coach, wants the Angels to run more. I'm pretty sure the Angels ran less than most teams. So if you want to give a little bump, if you want to bump up, you know, a handful of steals for each players, um, you really can't go wrong. You don't even need to pair them with anybody. No. I mean, what's what's the difference between Renhifo and Zach Giloff? Um I don't think there's much. 
so yeah i'm with you i'm I'm a, I'm a big big zach fan but i get it like because i have more ringifo uh and and the one thing is I, I told people on other shows and for the listeners here if they missed it like you look at his splits first half second half he became a more complete hitter playing regularly he missed a lot of september october due to injury but like in July and August, he had 316, 327, hit 10 home runs in those two months. Like we, we saw what he can bring to the table. And one of the things I love, and I say it too often, is dude's going to be 27 this year, still finding his like, still finding his like sea legs, basically. Like it's, there's, there's a lot of uh, upside when, when I look at a guy like Luis Ringifo. I mean, and we, we don't know what it means. It is a little bit scary. At, what, didn't he have like some kind of a bicep rup, rupture? I don't, I don't yeah, know. and they said because uh, that was the only thing at first when I, like his ADP was low. I was like, "Oh, you're an idiot!" Blah blah blah. I'm like, "Okay, fair, valid point." So I started, <laughs> I, I started digging. You're in. not an idiot, Bubba. No, I don't think you're an idiot. But but like, I get it. Like people are like, "He's hurt. He's hurt." And because uh, you know when he drafts too early, you're an idiot. I get that part. Um, but then I started I'm looking. Moron, so. Yeah, I, st- I started looking into it. And um, they're basically saying he's ready to rock and roll for spring. Like he'll be there when people re- when they report. So that's all I needed to hear. Like if he's there to report, it means he's playing. So we're good. Have you ever have you ever seen the guy in person? In person, no, just on TV. He is jacked, man. He nice. is strong. Like he is built like a truck. Um, so he, I mean, yeah. And I didn't even think about that that he's entering his prime. So yeah, still probably, I mean, it doesn't have the same price as like Gavin Lux. Yeah, who coming off the ACL and everyone's been pumped for him forever, but he's never done a darn thing. Yeah, that guy. Thank you. You made my case. For <laughs> yeah, I, I knew you were going with that one because <laughs> you know, as a Giants fan, I have my Dodgers biases too. Yeah. So yeah, I got yeah, you. I don't have any Renhifo. Obviously, I suffer from the same biases as everybody, but uh, Renhifo and Drury all day long. Those are the yeah. two guys for sure. I'm hitting And Ohio. Yeah, hobby. Now it gets interesting though. Where I don't know if we're gonna like. Uh, I, I'm curious your thoughts on these guys because I'm torn. Taylor Ward, like uh, high expectations coming into last year after his 2022 season of 23 and five, hit for 281. But last year only played 97 games with injuries, uh, 14 homers, four steals, 253. You're getting them with an ADP of 223 right now, uh, going around like Kerry Carpenter, Jared Kellenick, if we're talking outfielders at least. What are your thoughts on Taylor Ward coming back this year? Because he did take a step back. I mean, let's put aside the kind of um, slow start from the skills perspective, right? Um, There wasn't enough time to kind of read into that too much. Um, That's one of the worst injuries that you can possibly have. That was one of the scariest things I've ever seen. Um, He got hit flush on the face. Yeah, Um, It shattered his orbital bone. Um, he has an amazing attitude about it, but man, I don't care who you are. Um, it's hard to imagine being able to come back from that at least right away and not have it affect you in the box. Um, I don't, I don't know if you've ever, uh, a little bit of a tangent, but, uh, there's a great book called the chosen, um, about kids that form a friendship where they're baseball players and the kid hit a a line drive and hit the kid in the face hmm. and shattered his, his face, same injury. And they became friends. It reminded me of that. Um, it, it's, it's the scariest thing in the world. I, I can't imagine psychologically a harder injury to get over it. And he's got an amazing attitude about it, but I just think he's a total question mark. I think the price is fine. Um, but I, I honestly, 
I don't know what to expect. I, I hope for the best, but you know, what was it clear that he, you know, before the injury that the, you know, it, it did, did seem like maybe it was a little bit of a mirage. Um, but we know that the guy can hit 20 to 25 homers with a 260 half average. We know he's going to get playing time. It, it, it's just hard to say um, how it's going to affect you. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm at. I, mean, I just don't really have a strong opinion on him, so I just kind of pass on him in drafts where it's I don't really know what to expect from him, but uh, curious to say the least. We'll see how that one plays out. Anthony Rendon, you hit on him earlier, ADP of 500 right now. Um, to be fair, he has not played more than 58 games in the last three seasons, so he's got that going for him. Uh, what's your thoughts here in, in entering his age 34 season? I mean, there's no way he's playing every day. Yeah. You don't get healthy from the things that – because they were bad injuries, you know, broken leg. Um, there's no um, – I mean – when he was on the field what, the last time, what he, he didn't even show any power. I, same kind of thing, different reasons, no clue what to expect. But you know that if he's playing, they're going to put him in a prime lineup spot. Um, you know he's going to get counting stats if he's on the field. Um, so I, I guess there's no other way to say it that at that price, relative to the ability to have a starting job when you're healthy – you can't ask for a better value, I suppose, because um, mm-hmm. you also have the nobody likes the guy um, as well that's affecting it kind of out of sight, out of mind, recency bias galore. I mean, his ADP is 500 and he's the Angels cleanup hitter, mm-hmm. uh, probably. So it, it, it's a no brainer. I think it makes sense to grab him in every draft. Um, you know, I talk myself into it, but why not? Like as your third, third, third baseman or something, see what happens. I mean, who, um, who else are you pick? Uh, well, that's what I was going to ask you. Here's just a scenario. I don't even know his ADP, but I know it's somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, but doing enough, would you rather have Rendon or Patrick Wisdom? Rendon. Okay, that, there you go. That, that says enough right there. Because I had uh, Rendon was gone, but I had to suffer and take Wisdom earlier today in the draft in round like 41. So <laughs> it was, here's it was a fun there. one for you: Rendon or Michael Bush. Everyone's going to say Michael Bush, and you know that. Um, not? I don't know, though, honestly, because I, I, I hate drafting prospects. I really do. It's just not my thing because I like uh, stability, but then again, Renault doesn't bring that. So I'd probably go Michael Bush, but I get both sides of the story. And Bush so, will get your first base eligible. That's the other part. And the thing is, that the Cubs have so many options, man. If he struggles at all, like they yeah. have no problems. And like, look at Mervis. Look at me. Like, they have so many options if they need They to. could still sign Bellinger. Still yeah, no one would be shocked if that happened. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned Hoskins with the Angels. He's been linked to the Cubs, too. Like, there's – the Cubs aren't done, I don't think. So, we'll see where that one – I'm going to put no effort into this narrative, but the Angels' new hitting coach, because I'm really surprised that Marcus Thames basically had everybody – it was Marcus Thems. Are we surprised that <laughs> That's all they to all say. hit like Marcus Thames? That's all you have to say, really. Right. New, the new hitting coach, it's kind of like the Barry Enright thing. It's a hungry guy, assisting hitting coach – or the Cubs, or the Bellinger. So there is a little bit of a connection there. Hard to see the Angels signing Bellinger. Um, yeah. You know, Boris, like everybody else, you know, telling, oh, you know, Angels should sign him. I don't know. But uh, another thing to hope on. But, uh, yeah. We'll see. Mickey Moniak, he had a kind of coming out party last year at 280 with 14 home runs, but also struck out 
35% of the time. So that was kind of the narrative on him. But hey, he was huge for me in some drafts and holds that where you got him super yeah. late. And right now his ADP is around 400, and I have no problem taking him there either. But uh, what's your th- like expectations for Moniac this season? Well, I think that 6,000% uh, hit rate probably had to go down at some point, which it yeah. did. Um, I really think that um, my hope is, and I think it may happen, um, I think that him and Adele, I'm not going to say it's a straight platoon, um, but I think they're both going to get PT. Um, so I think uh, Washington's going to find a way to get them both in the lineup so we can get to Adele later. Um, but with Moniac, it's you just got to keep hoping that it's uh, nonlinear growth, right? Um, but, you know, the guy doesn't look like he, – he, it's kind of like a Patrick Wisdom in a lot of ways. That's uh, fair. Uh, you know, if you look at the profile now, he really shouldn't be playing every day, but, you know, he's – he gets hot. He gets in flashes. He's going to play. So, you know, again, he'll get PT, right? So at, at, what's his ADP, like 400, 420? It's right around 400, yeah. Okay. No brainer. Yeah, because he's going to get PT. He's going to get a chance. That's all yeah, strong, strong side of a platoon. It, it, it's a good good situation for sure. Let's just talk Joe Adele real quick now that you mentioned him because his ADP is uh, 528. I actually, I'm in round 40 in three drafts right now. So I took him earlier today. I'm in the 40s. So um, Joe Adele is on my roster. Um, even Steamer thinks he plays about 94 games. So that's not just a like platoon player. That's a little more than a platoon player, I'd say, these days. So what's your thoughts on Joe Adele? Because, again, it's like we've seen the minor league experience is great. He's only going to be 25 this year, still really young. Crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah, he feels like he's been around forever. Uh, you mentioned Ron Washington. We all, you said earlier, I said it. What he does with young players it cannot be, like, taken for granted he's amazing with young players just for their psyche alone let alone teaching them things so what's your thoughts on joe adele like i'm not saying everybody run out you have to draft joe adele but are you expecting like a a definitely an improvement from adele this year it's now or never yeah i mean it's his last year um you know it's the piss out of the ball i think he had the longest home run in all the minors and majors last year pretty good greatest quad hit quad a player in the history of major leagues (laughs) no question about that that's fair um but again we we kind of joke but we say like right when we give up on guys um sometimes they they explode right it's the old uh milton bradley thing or brandon phillips um so it's definitely hopium it's definitely wish casting uh there's no question but the talent is there um you know you is it really that much to ask to hope he becomes like a Patrick Wisdom? I mean, it really wouldn't be a shock. It's just a matter of if he's going to get the ABs. Um, and that's where you, you find the silver lining from the Angels from fantasy perspective, which is there. there's no question that they're either the worst team in the division or the A's. I mean, it's it's what's going to happen. So why wouldn't you give them ABs? Um, and DH is free now, too. Uh, don't forget that. Uh, so... Yeah, I, I think it's same kind of thing. It's uh, it's a free price. Everybody's forgotten about him, and he's actually still never gotten an extended look at the majors. That's a big thing for me. Yeah, I mean, Moniac strikes out close to forty percent of the time. You know, Adele can do that. Yeah, true. So if if Moniac's given that opportunity, why can't Adele? And actually, some of the he you see a little bit better. I mean, he's the guy works hard. Um, he's you know, he got way better as a fielder. He was a joke as a fielder. So, 
it's his last chance. Sometimes things work that way. It's uh, yeah. Why not? Why not? It's kind of like the whole theme of the team this year. Why not? Yeah. And they're all basically free. So that's the beauty of it. And here's another free one. Nolan Chennault, uh coming with an ADP of 430. Got his first cup of coffee last year, age 21, 29 games with the big club because he got drafted last season, which is stupid to think about. Um, pretty good contact stuff, not a lot of power. So what are we thinking when we look at Nolan Chennault this year? Because I just walked past him in draft rooms. Well, I, I think he might have said it. You'll have to double check it for me. But I think he might have played in more major league games than minor league games. Um, 20, uh, 21. No, he played in if he can't 20. Right, no, you're right. You're right. He played in 22 minor league games, 29 major league games. I mean, he had what, like a handful of extra base hits over, you know, one, one 1%, I mean, less than 1%. Um, so, I mean, you look at him and you look at the profile and there's no power, but he got on base a lot. Um, I mean, clearly he's he's not ready, um, but he's not a terrible player. Uh, certainly not a terrible player. He certainly belongs off the bench. Uh, great pinch hitter. Yeah, um, I think he could use more minor seasoning. Um, so I get it. Again, same point. Free. What what's his price? Like four fifty, four thirty. Yeah, yeah, give or take. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, I think the one thing you got to give him a little credit for, he, he's a hit tool guy. He's not a power guy. I mean, he flashed. He did get better um, at college, but he was a first-round pick. Like, don't forget. I mean, he, it's easy to kind of look at a guy. I mean, he's not Trey Cabbage. You know, he's not going to start that seven <laughs> and not look like a baseball player either. Um, yep. Cabbage looks like kind of an overweight center uh, guard. Yeah, so. There's a reason Cabbage, I believe, is playing in Japan this year coming up or something. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Yeah, I think he's playing somewhere over in Asia. I'm pretty sure yeah. if, I, if I remember correctly. No, so, I, you know, it, it's just unfair to judge him. It's just too early. Like I said, he's he played more in the majors than the minors. So I think I think you really just have to have part of the theme, zero expectations for him. The but dude went from partying with co-eds to starting for the Angels in like a three-month span. I could give him a little benefit of the doubt. Wait, wait a minute. Why do you think he stopped partying with co-eds? I mean, really fair wasn't point. That- There's a lot of colleges in Southern California. You have a very, very fair point. I'm not... So, uh, look, yeah. I, it's like a lot of the guys. I, I don't know what to expect, but um, I certainly think... Well, there, there's some there's something you said. I I'd honestly, if I'm an Angels fan, I hope they put him in AAA. Like, let the kid yeah. go get comfortable. Like, let him go play down there. I don't need him off the bench here for a bit. Go get comfortable. If someone gets hurt, come on up. But uh, I think it depends on if they sign somebody. Hundred percent. Sign a, a Carlos Santana. I could see that one. Yeah, Reese Hoskins even like that would easily make it a shift yeah. down. Uh, shortstop Zach Neto. Uh, this kid looked another guy. Seems like a kid because you have a young ball club. All things considered, mm-hmm. he'll, he'll be 23 this year. We've seen the power and speed. The injuries kind of derailed a little bit of 2023, but there were some some fun expectations when he got called up because similar to Chanel, little different but similar. Got called up really early in his career. Um, Neto's getting drafted around 267 right now. What are your thoughts on him? Because he's one of like the last starting shortstop that seems like he's kind of worth a damn. So I will say this. I kind of shit on him as well as I shit on Hoppy, but I shit on Neto more because I just didn't think he had the power in him. And It's a lazy narrative to compare him to a Dustin Petroia. Yep. Um, but the power was real, man. I mean, he, he, he's he got legitimate power. 
Um, and they were, by the way, not that this necessarily is a fantasy thing. I'm pretty sure the Angels record with Neto in the lineup, they were a playoff team with him in the lineup. Uh, for, whatever, for whatever that's worth, uh, which is very little. Uh, but uh, he's a stud, man. And there's no question in my mind that he can go 2020. Um, no question. And I will say this to your point. Once you get at shortstop uh, past, I want to say like, uh, you know, Trevor's story. I forget who goes after him. Um, hey, Carlos Correa is going right before him. basically. Okay. He is miles better picked than Carlos Correa. And I, I've looked at it a few drafts that I've done. I've only done about four, four drafts. Love love targeting him if I'm patient, which I am not patient in any sense of the word um, because I like to grab two short stops early. I just do because of that reason. But he is a screaming value on the board uh, because he had a lot of injuries last year, the Angels bias. I don't think he's going to hit the bottom of the lineup. I don't know where he's going to hit, but like put that guy in the middle of the lineup, man. Put him in the six hole. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's got legitimate power. I mean, he's got more power potential than Rahifo. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a lot of growth. He's a stud. Um, and I think from an upside standpoint, a hoppy aside, probably one of the best upside shortstop um, after after Trevor's story. Yeah, because uh, here, here's, uh, here's the shortstop going after story. It goes with Willie Adamas, but then, it, who, you know, he's got his ups and downs. Sure. But like Ezekiel Tovar. Jackson no. Holiday, Jeremy no. Pena, Vaughn no. Grissom. No. Then there's Rangifo, Correa, Neto. But then after him, even Crawford, Jordan Lawler, Bryce Terang. Like, if Neto is who you say he is, and I think he's definitely better than he's shown, I, I agree the power's there, he should jump a handful of those guys. From well. an upside standpoint and a skill standpoint, he should be going in the top 200. Yeah, there you go. Uh, no question. No question. All righty. Any other bats we should be talking about here? We hit on pretty much everybody in the starting lineup for sure. Didn't talk. Oh, Trey Cabbage is still on your roster. I heard he went and played somewhere else. I could be – that could – roster resource might be wrong, or I've been proven to be wrong many times. So um, that could be there. But, like, they have Stefanik. They have Thice, who we've talked about before, as a good backup catcher. But who knows? Any other bats we should be talking about? No. Yeah. Yeah. There's nobody in the minors. Uh, the only prospect of note, uh, I still think he's far away because he strikes out too much, is Kyron Paris. Okay. Um, still far away. They they had some in- interesting international signings. We don't even really want to get into that because they were, um, you know, they're 16-year-old guys. But we had a couple of good bats. But the farm system is um, bad by our standards, which is impressive in its own right. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but the, the flip side of it is, We've had the most homegrown talent on our roster, ready in the majors, in a long, long, long time. And they're all legit bats. Ohapi, Neto, now Red Hifo. Um, these guys are all, they could be studs. Um, that's not bias talking. So it's its the season for fantasy, um, uh, fantasy upside for Angels bats. Um, this is our version of a rebuild. There's low expectations. And you've got, the one thing we can hope for, which is a new coaching regime. Yep. All right, let's go to the mound here where you did mention earlier in the show that the pitching, there's definitely some optimism for. Uh, 
And we'll start with Reed Detmers, who we saw kind of two different reads last year. He mentioned how he got sent down to work on his slider, came back, looked really good for parts of it. Uh, the control got better as well. Strikeouts went through the roof compared to where they were beforehand. Um, he's supposed to be the ace of the staff for now. And he's got an ADP of 232. So how are we feeling on Reed Detmers? Okay. So he started throwing the changeup. Um, I want to say maybe not 20% of the time, but he really started, he made a marked change to throw the change up at the end of the year. I mean, we know he had ups and downs. Um, the guy had so many uh, two strike counts. Couldn't put guys away with the slider lefties. Lefties had no problem with the slider. His changeup might not be an X factor from a K perspective. Um, so maybe the profile changes a little bit, but look at those September numbers. I mean, if you look at them, they're elite. Uh, they're elite numbers. Uh, it's still a small sample, but that's what you want. A guy to end the year, September, obviously, always take with a grain of salt because of love of competition. But he ended the year on a high note, and he was a different pitcher in September because he used the changeup. Um, and he, he really he limited – Quality of the contact was was poor um, for hitters. Um, and we know he has the arsenal to add Ks. And again, you want to talk about kind of, uh, you know, getting upside guys. His price is a little worse than last year. And you were going from a horrible, one of the worst pitching coaches in modern history to a guy that just learned under one of the best pitching coaches in modern history. Um, and he... Again, I, I I know that I thought I was going to be more cynical doing this preview. Honestly, I'm. I expected a lot more of it, but no, I was going to say uh, you we're, know, get, we're getting you optimistic here. That I'm 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 so optimistic. Uh, it's that's that's what happens when you put the expectations in the toilet. Well, and you look at the price oh. tags. All their price tags are like pretty reasonable, especially if we're not even doing draft and holds. We're doing a fab league where you can drop these guys. Oh yeah. They're not oh, costing you much anything. You mentioned Detmers in September, a 182 ERA, 277 FIP. He, nearly, he had an, almost a 19% K to walk in September. Like like you said, those are numbers you just love to see. How, how about this? Innings leader on the Angels. That's pretty – that's pretty – yeah, almost 150. We, yeah. I don't see a reason because that's a big emphasis, right? They couldn't get through the second time of the lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have to make a bet with somebody, but I would not be surprised – and I think it's reasonable to expect him to get over 180 innings. I mean, if he if he could do that at that ADP right now, like holy crap, he will. And and again, maybe you get 10K per nine. So that's um, a 200K guy potentially if he does 180 innings. That's big. Doesn't take much, man, for him if he can start putting guys away. And it's a huge emphasis from Enright is getting guys to two strikes fast. Demers didn't have that problem actually. He just had a problem putting guys away. Um, so again, so if they throw the script out the window, he might be able to get guys out now. That's what you're saying. It is out the window. It can only get better. I like to say, you know, no matter how bad things that can get, they can always get worse. We know that that's true, especially in fantasy world. But, uh, yeah, again, he's of all the guys that, you know, fell off the cliff last year, he didn't fall off the cliff. He just didn't have better results. He didn't grow the way we thought he was going to pop. 
right? But with pitchers, it's not linear. We've got reasons why it wasn't well. He's added a new pitch, and he's thrown it way more than he ever threw it before. Um, his slider is kind of like he has always different kinds of sliders in doing this. We know he has the curveball. So there's a wide range of outcomes from him. But if you look at September and you believe in the changes and you believe in the hitting coach, uh, pitching coach changes, at 240 in a fab league, I mean, honestly, who who else is going around there? I mean, it. he's still got more K upside than tons of guys, you know? Um, I can tell you right now. So going ahead of him, pit starting pitchers, Lucas Giolito. Oh, that's stupid. Shota Omonaga, you Darvish. Uh, going right after him, Brian Bayo, Yusei Kikuchi, Christopher Sanchez, Charlie Morton, who's not even sure if he's going to play yet this year. So, yeah. Easy, easy. He he should be um, – I'll be more um, reserved on this one, but he should be – there's no reason he shouldn't be going around 200. I mean, if you're shooting for upside. He's a shoot for upside guy, for sure. Yeah, but he's fair. got it. You can see it. Yeah, that's fair. I, I don't disagree with you. Curious, your next thoughts here on a guy that talking about finishing strong and overall having a big season uh, is Griffin Canning. We saw him. Looks like he kind of took the next step as the season went on. He kept developing as the season went on. Again, he'll be 28 this year, not too old. He has an ADP of 280 right now. So what are our thoughts on Griffin Canning? Well, I'm an idiot for not drafting him yet. I'm an idiot for having a blind spot for him because it, it, it's for me, it's the health bias and I, I yeah. not for me, for everybody. I, I honestly am shocked, like floored that the guy had over 120 innings. I thought there was no chance he was going to be a starter. Um, and he now has the most swing and miss stuff on anybody on the team, mm-hmm. more than Detmers. Um, so he, he really is probably – I want to say, and again, he's the only pitcher on that staff that got better last year from before. Granted, he was coming from nothing, but he was a huge surprise. If he can just stay healthy, which is the question mark, a lot of skills there, man. I I don't think uh, there's a lot of guys with with as much swing and miss stuff as he's got um, that performed and showed it, you know. You said Brian Bellows. He's a good pitcher. He's got a lot of promise, but Canning already showed more skill, uh, more skills than him. So I think uh, probably the best value on the board from the Angels, uh, based on what he showed last year. Yeah, and that's that's a name that that ADP is going to come up because he's starting to get talked about a lot. So that one's going to slowly start climbing up. Him and Detmers wouldn't be shocked if they're going side by side here sooner than later. Now let's get into some more, I guess, potentially questionable ones. Uh, Patrick Sandoval, strikeout rate's not ideal. It dropped quite a bit this past year. The walk rate went up quite a bit this past year, which obviously in turn, his ratios went in the tank. But if you're looking for a guy that can eat up innings, he did do that pretty well. And he has an ADP of 453, which again, free. So what's your thoughts on Patrick Sandoval? Because he's just like a year or so removed from being this guy that we – loved throwing out there and we always kept saying if he just stopped walking so many guys he's like got ace stuff he went so far the wrong way last year i i think at this point it's fair to say he doesn't have ace stuff mm-hmm. um I, I just don't think he he's shown enough skills um to to really be that much more uh 
but he can definitely do better than he did last year. He can get back to who he was. Um, so I don't know what to think. Uh, he's just been all over the map so much. We know he's got the one great pitch. Really hasn't showed that much. Um, I honestly kind of am a little bit indifferent about him just because he's bounced around. He's done so many different things. So I think he is who he is. I think he's kind of uh, – he can be an okay pitcher. He can be an innings eager pitcher. But, you know, again, relative to price, it's fine. But I don't really have – I, I have no idea what to expect from him at this point other than to say it really can't be worse than last year because he fell off a cliff. Yeah, he, he really took a – I don't even 180 is the right word on that one. He spiraled. So that'll be interesting. We're talking about spirals. You hit him on him earlier in the show, Tyler Anderson, who, you know, we saw just, just amazing stuff with the Dodgers. Expectations were pretty high. Let's just say it's fair to say those expectations weren't met last year. Um, but now he has an ADP of 622. <laughs> <laughs> so literally, like, uh, let me just say here. So there's 16 drafts on this ADP. Uh, he was drafted in all 16. He's in that world, though, where not everybody was drafted in every draft. So what are we thinking on Tyler Anderson? Because, again, maybe it's this, the Sandoval line. He can't be worse. But is it to the point where it's like, hey, we should be taking chances on Tyler Anderson? When you say he's priced like a destitute, a destitute man's Kyle Gibson. Um, he, he's lower than Kyle Gibson. That's yeah, that's what I'm saying. I said destitute, man. Yeah, he's next to Zach Thompson, and he's next to Julio Urias, who is maybe, you know, we don't know if he's even pitching this year. I'm such an idiot for believing in him last year. Yeah. I remember talking him up. I mean, you know, like I said, there's no he cannot be worse than he was last year. I mean, I, I, I don't want to talk about him because I think about that contract relative to what other guys have got. And it's uh, really depressing. Um, but again, you, you just, he was too predictable, man. Uh, he was too predictable. I, I, I think that he's a clear example of, uh, he rises and falls with coaching. Um, and so hopefully, uh, and Wright's going to get a lot of credit, man. I mean, yeah. he's, you want to talk about setup for success. Uh, yep. it's not going to take much. He's going to get all the glory for it. So, uh, you just hope that he can eat up five or six innings and not give up more than three, four runs. And it's a success. So. But what you need to do, because, you know, you got these good pitchers, but they're still young. So you need this veteran to come in and just put the innings out there, which will be big. Because that leads us to Chase Silseth. And the stuff, I think no one's going to argue how good the stuff can be with Silseth. It was a matter of maximizing it to get through innings. He kind of had issues there from time to time. But overall, a good kind of first foray in, in, in the bigs with the Angels. Right now has an ADP of 326. What are we uh, what are we thinking on Silset this year? I think I think you said it best. I think he probably still has um, maybe even more than Detmers. He's still got the swing and miss stuff, um, but I just don't think he's ready um, to be a consistent starting pitcher. So I'm not saying that like you know that's where Plesac comes in to work with them, but um, I would say of all the guys on the staff that you might not see in the uh, rotation all year that might get moved around. I like to think of him as kind of a, a real work in progress as a starting pitcher. So I don't know what to expect, but I, I do think he's got upside. Um, maybe he's not met for the rotation, um, but uh, I'm kind of off him for this year. I think uh, I think he was good last year because you could get him, uh, you know, towards the end of the draft. Not that it's you know expensive. But I would say of all the guys uh, on the board, value-wise, he kind of doesn't move the needle for me. 
That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I don't think I've drafted him either. And it's a guy that I liked last year. I remember picking him up, playing the Fab game with him last year because there's times for that. But in these early drafts, I'm kind of just like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think so right now, man. We're gonna, we're gonna pass on this one. Um, anybody else of interest, especially if Silta isn't a full time guy? You mentioned Plesak. He does not interest me. Anybody that wears puka shells in a, in a video in his car doesn't do it for me. Uh, you meant, you said douchebag earlier. That's a nice way of summing him up. Uh, you have Jose Suarez, who we were all high on last year. That did not work out very well. Yeah. Is, there, is there someone else we should be looking at, especially maybe in a draft and hold as a late target? Are you talking about from a starter perspective? That could that could give us some starting goodness because I know those guys are more long than relievers right now. But is there, or if even if they're in the minors, is there someone we should be keeping? Uh, I, the only other name is Davis Daniel. Um, you know, I, I don't really. He's a, he's a big guy. I, I don't know much to expect from him. But if you're looking for another guy that could get some starts, that should get some starts, don't know what to expect. Uh, he's a good guy to throw as a dart throw at the end of the draft when you're trying to look at some, some guys that aren't playing in Korea or Japan uh, in the last two rounds. So, All right. Let's head to the bullpen here. Carlos Estevez, the roller coaster ride that was Carlos Estevez last year. He got you the saves you needed, but he hurts you in other aspects from time to time if you trusted that guy. Um, ADP of 219 right now, so he's one of the last guys that technically has the job for now out there in ADP land, but it's still like he brings baggage with him. So what's your thoughts on Carlos Estevez this year? Um, another guy that I think the price is exactly the same. <laughs> Pretty yes, it is. Yeah, because last year it was kind of still like a question mark. But would he be the guy or not? So you're yeah. getting that kind of discount. Well, I'd like to toot my own horn and say I knew he was in the, the guy. I said he was going to be the guy. And he wasn't yes, you did. So um, go me. But, uh, yeah, I mean, recency bias, he was trash at the end of the year. Obviously, it caught up with him. Um, he's not that good of a pitcher. You can hope that maybe the pitching staff can work with him. But the hope was that he would they'd be able to make him into a closer, closer material. They, they gave him the money, but at the same time, they gave other guys money. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think he holds the role. Um, I think he'll get a chance. He may get you some saves, you know, possessions, nine-tenths of the law. Um, so he may start with the role, but um, there's a there's another guy in that bullpen who I, I try to leave every draft with, who's uh, to me a no brainer pick. Is his first name Ben by chance? It is not his okay. first name. Okay, because everyone loves Ben Joyce. So who is it? Is it Jose San Suriano? It is. Okay. It is. Um, ben Joyce is kind of, and understandably so, right? I mean he. Uh, he's basically Nate Jones 2.0. That you can throw a hundred, his elbow is going to fall apart. You can throw one on one, um, but he's still raw. Uh, I mean, it'd be one thing if uh, Nate Jones was missing bats, but sorry, not Nate Jones. I talked myself into it. Uh, ben Jones was uh, Ben Joyce was missing bats. He's not your closer spec, uh, and if you have him as a closer spec, then um, you know, move off him uh, because it's Soriano who's, I mean, I don't know what it is. Uh, again, it kind of was a little mis mystery came back from TJ, but Soriano throws 99 and he misses bats. That's I mean, key for the ninth no, inning, yes. I, I think of all of the guys that you do, as an example, I would rather have him 
even at the same price, I would take Soriano over Brian Abreu. Right? Really? Yeah, because Soriano, Soriano's at a five fifty ADP right now. It's. Uh, I would say him and Merriweather are not that I'm trying to do the Cubs preview, uh, but I try to leave every draft with those two. There's no reason to take a, a setup guy, a spec guy, um, before that. There's just no reason you should be wasting picks when you can still get crummy starters, but they're still starters, when you can get guys like that. Um, yep. So I think I think Soriano's probably one of the higher upside uh, spec guys on the board, and I'm not even talking about price. Yep. I'm not even talking about price. Now, again, there's a little bit of a question mark, right? Um, there's really no track record to speak of because he TJ for most of the last couple of years. But those skills, man, watch, watch his video, man. He's dirty. Mm-hmm. Um, he's one of the best bullpen arms the Angels have had in, in years. Small sample size, but he is good, man. And again, could blow up, but he is the definition of closer material. Um, and he could – he probably will be one of the bigger fab pickups. Um, and again – all it takes is one week of showing how nasty is, and he's going to go for what, like, two hundred bucks in fab, and yeah. instead this loses the role. So forget about Joyce. Just put take him off your board. Um, Soriano is the guy you want to spec on, and he's from a uh, what, what's the what's the phrase you use with the Blanken? Uh, whether they have a tenuous uh, hold on the role, uh, like a stranglehold. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just saying of when you sp- I'm I'm blanking. Uh, no, not good I'm, words. Uh, I'm a caveman, so I'm I'm not good with these things. But um the yeah. least secure closer. Gotcha. Um, He's got job security is not great for him. That, yes. Um so I, I I really excited about him. I would say of all the pitchers on the board uh for the Angels, he's probably got um already, meaning he doesn't need to even like consolidate skills. He's Love probably it. the most skilled pitcher on the staff, if you believe in the sample, uh, relative to his role. Well, I hope, well, I hope nobody that's in my leagues right now that's late in drafts or paying <laughs> attention to this show because uh, I just put him in all of my cues as you were talking. Yeah. So we'll see. And, and, once you get to, and once you get to the 400s, like that's my point. Like I'm already in the 40s right now. Like, so <laughs> like, like you say, he's a lot better than is it him or Drew Smiley? I think let's take the chance on Soriano. Like that's what you're saying. So or Kyle Gibson, right? Exactly. Like I'm with you. I get it. So yeah, uh, 100% on board there. Uh, before we head out, we kind of mentioned we kind of hit on maybe some minor league guys. We said none are really that close. So are we just thinking this is a year that the 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 roster we got, barring injuries, is going to be the kind of the ride or die, barring you know, injuries and maybe some signings still to come? I, I think so. I think so. I mean, again, you never know. Um, guys will need to backfill. But I, from a from a prospect uh, perspective, um, uh, Shonel, I, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Nolan Chanel. I, I say Chanel like it's almost like the the Levis brand of the, yeah it's, yeah. Uh, he to to me he's the prospect right he's the number one prospect. As I almost said, it's like see who they draft this year in June, and you might be able to add them in August. <laughs> Seriously, man, because we they've been, we've been good about aggressively promoting, almost yep. too aggressive. Yep. Uh, so uh, not nobody to speak of. Um, like I said, Kyron Paris is kind of the. The, the one of note from uh, from a tool standpoint, um, 
you know, it's a shame Jordan Adams really fell off the map. Uh, so nobody that jumps out to me, but I'm also not the biggest prospect guy. Yeah, um, but it's a, pretty, it's a pretty weak farm system. But that's okay. I mean, we graduated a lot of guys. Yeah, yeah like you said, is you're calling it a week, but we talked about these players and their homegrown, and most of these guys are in their mid twenties, give or take a couple. Like they're not old, so like you, you pretty much called them all up in the last couple of years, and there aren't a whole lot of teams. There are some, obviously, that annoy us all that could continue to rebuild their farm system over and over again, but not many can. So that's just the the odds and ends of the whole thing. All right, let's be realistic now. What are your expectations for 2024? We'll finish higher than the A's. Hey, that's fair. That's fair. I, I get that. That's fair. Because yeah. well, the other reality is the Mariners, Astros, Rangers are pretty damn good. Yeah. Like, it's going to be tough. Like, your, your guys are going to run real hot to, to pass that up. Yeah. I, and I think not just because I'm talking myself into it because I don't think he's going to sign anybody, but – I'm comfortable with the staff going in as it is um, because I think everybody on the staff, save Tyler Anderson, you know, again, Sandoval is a question mark, but between Detmers um, and Canning, you've got two guys that are really high upside guys. Um, and I think with Enright coming in and, and kind of a more thoughtful approach to your point, like maybe not be scripted and predictable, pretty sure that, Adapting to situations is an important mm -hmm. skill in, in life, let, baseball, let alone life or whatever yep. way it goes. Uh, so it's it's the season of low expectations. Call it uh, Angel's Preview. Under promise and over deliver. Uh, so yeah. I'll put it, so. As a Giants fan, I get that. It's more they just, they just stretch it out a little longer to disappoint you. Um, last question I have for you here. Do you think we see Mike Trout traded anytime this year? Because I was looking, like he's a free agent. He, he signed through 2030. That's a lot of money to trade. So the return is going to have to be ungodly. And I don't know who's going to do that. The person, if if we're if someone's going to take Trout, they also got to take Rendon. Um, That's probably true. I, like I said, I I think. I mean, he. What what he has no trade clause. He's he signed here for life and. You know, I think, uh, you know, one of the, the last things I'll say is is interesting that Detmer said it. Um, another X factor for the pitching staff, which may help, I'm kind of segueing, is everything kind of revolved around Shohei. Um, and Detmer said it himself, you know. That's very it wasn't the usual though. schedule, you know. Um, yeah. Surprised that he said it. He goes, you know. So, I mean, they're all looking at the silver linings. Like, that's yeah. another X factor, man. Um Everybody was excited about the pitching staff last year. Now it's the Dodgers, right? That not yeah. because of him, but uh, the other guys that aren't going to be on a usual thing. So you're, you're going to get more innings from the Angels guys. You know it's a, it's all about trying to get them more innings. And yeah, they could destroy your ratios, but uh, yeah, I think I think it's a good situation for Trout. I think the pressure's off. Yep. The pressure's off the team. Well, it's his team again now. Because like you said, Shohei, everyone's got to love Shohei. There's nothing negative about Shohei. That's why it's like you said it, it's surprising Detmer said it, but it needed to be said because it's like they all saw it. and it, it was Trout's team before. Trout shared the spotlight with Shohei for good reasons, mm -hmm. obviously. But now it's Trout's team again. Yeah. You know, and obviously baseball, all the other sports, one, one player is not going to take you. And he was mm -hmm. the best player in probably the history of baseball. And 
Yep. It didn't make a difference. So, you know, I, I think a lot of the guys, it, it can only get better. Um, yeah, I, I think it's um, seasonal low expectations and between the the pitching, uh, the coaching changes, the attitudes, guys want to learn. It's our version of rebuilding. Um, yep. And we've got a serious uh, uh, amount of talent. Uh, so notice we're not expecting to win. Um so maybe that's all it takes. So, yeah, but this is a year like, again. I, I, I sound like a broken record, but as, with as young as this roster is, you just want to see some positive strides this year. That's all you want to see. Like you want to see positive strides in the in the rotation in a lot of these lineup guys, and that's something you can build off of going forward. That's and it's the one the one difference between years past is already built team around players, right? So now that this is the one year that it's not about it's not about marquee players i mean even trout is you know he's got less expectations on him than ever before nobody expects him adp 77 folks remember that yeah so i just think that that the team itself is you know here 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 i'll i'll get carried away now the closest team that we've had to this kind of team without any stars was the team in 2002. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for I it. Right, right in the heart. Right in the heart. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Tim Salmon, JT fourteen, yeah. I'll send you a message and say, see, just like O2. We're ready to go. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> Well, my friend, a pleasure having you on the show again. Um, again, we'll, we'll 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 chat up some more throughout this early season, maybe in season, and see how things are going. But uh, I appreciate you joining me, man. Really do. Always a pleasure, man. Thank you. All right, everybody, make sure you check out Mr. Preppis on the Twitter at StudsterKelfan, and um, he's good stuff, and he's starting to ramp up his draft season, so go check it out. He'll be on the you know, with FTN with Vlad and company and doing some other fun things. So go check out the Surly Attorney. Daniel Preppis. Thanks for joining me, my friend. Thanks, buddy. Everybody, this was Bench with Bubba, episode 633, your 2024 Angels team preview. Catch you all next time. Mm-hmm.